Hello, and thanks for joining Wicker Park Lutheran Church Sermons. Wicker Park Lutheran Church is a diverse ELCA Lutheran congregation in the Wicker Park neighborhood of Chicago. We gather at 10 a.m. to fully live into our incarnational faith as we experience God's presence in the gathered assembly, and we welcome you to join us. In just a moment, you'll first hear with a gospel reading from the associated sermon for the service that you're about to listen to. We hope that that gospel gives you some context before you jump right into the sermon. Thanks for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon. This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove upon him, and a voice came from the heavens. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. After John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the gospel of the Lord. Today, as you can probably tell by looking around, we are in a new season of the church year. This is the first Sunday of Lent. There's something really special about Lent in the year of Mark, something that you might not notice unless you pay very close attention. For each of the five Sundays of Lent, every reading from the Hebrew Bible will be about one of the five covenants that God has made with us. And every one of those covenants is about God's everlasting love for us and for the world. Each one of those covenants came to our ancestors at pivotal moments in their journey with God, separated from each other by hundreds of years and from us by thousands. And today we're going to explore the story of that first covenant, which is to say that we're going to explore the story of the Great Flood. Now this story is one of the most important stories to our people. I mean, people decorate their nurseries with imagery of Noah's Ark. It's in every Christian storybook. It's in every children's Bible. It's a Sunday school classic. And even people who didn't grow up religious know this story and know it well. So the story of Noah's Ark looms large in our collective cultural memory. But it's not so often that we think seriously about what this story means for us for adult Christians living a life of God. What it reveals for us as we continue to live lives as the people of God. And here at Wicker Park, we have begun wondering how we can make this place, this church, a place for all. So I wonder what will come up as we hold this story up against that question. As is true so very often, the story begins a lot earlier than our reading from the lectionary. In the beginning, God made the sea, the sky, and the dry land. And God made all living things in the water and the air and the land. And God said, it is good. And then God made us. God made humanity. And God said, it is very good. 
Adam and Eve had children, and their children had children, and their children had children, and so on and so on for 10 generations. And then one day, their great, 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 great grandson, Noah, was born. 10 generations separating Adam from Noah. Wow. As God was looking at the world that God had made so very good, God saw pain and violence. Violence from people like us. The cruelty of people was great over the earth. And every inclination of their thoughts was to benefit themselves at the expense of anyone and everyone else. And as God looked at the world, she was sorry that she ever made people at all because all of the pain from the world hurt. So our broken-hearted God said, I am going to wipe out all flesh because the whole earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm going to wipe them out. I will send a flood upon the earth to make everything new again. But then God saw one family that did good. This family lived with kindness and gentleness. They weren't perfect. They made mistakes, but they tried. In that family were eight people, Noah and his wife, Nema, and their three sons and their three sons' partners. And God said to Noah, I am going to bring a flood onto the earth to destroy everything under heaven that is filled with my breath of life, my spirit. But if you want to, you can use my cypress trees to build an ark. And if you want to do that, then I will send two of every living thing to you so that you can keep them safe in the ark. Every bird of the air and creature of the ground, two of every kind to keep their species alive. And if you're alive, I will make a covenant with you, with everyone who survived. Noah said, yes. And so all eight of those people, Noah and Nema and their children, they built the ark. And then the rains came. The story goes that on the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month on the 17th day, all of the fountains from heaven burst open. The windows of the deep were open. Noah and Nema and their children entered the ark, and every wild thing of every kind, every bird and every creature, everything under heaven, filled with the breath of God, got on the ark with them. And at first, it was like any other rain. But the rain kept coming. The puddles ran together, and soon the water covered everything. And when the creatures on the ark looked out, all they could see was water. It rained and rained. The water swelled and tumbled and rolled, and the ark was raised up, 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 up to the separation of sea and sky, up to the place where there was no more division. It was like the beginning of creation had never happened. There was no longer any dry land. There was no longer anything 
to be called good, except the creatures on the ark. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights, and they were long days and long nights. But God did not forget the creatures on the ark. So after 40 days and 40 nights, the rain stopped. And then God blew God's breath on the waters. The holy breath of God was sent down like a great wind over the surface of the sea in the bottom of the sky, and the waters began to dry up. And the ark came down lower and lower and lower. And then Noah took a dove. He opened a window and he held her carefully and he sent it forth. And the dove flew and flew, but there was nothing but water. And so she came back. Noah put out his hand and took the dove back into the ark. And he waited seven days. And he sent out the dove again, and the dove flew and flew over the water. And this time when the dove came back, she had an olive branch in her beak. That meant that there was something green and growing on the earth. So he waited seven more days. And this time, when he sent the dove out, she flew and flew and flew. And she didn't come back because she had made a nest. She had made a new home. The waters kept going down and down and down. And finally, the ark came to rest upon the earth. And then all the creatures came out of the ark, and they were so happy to be on the earth again because it was their home, their real, true home. Noah built an altar of the Lord, and all of the creatures gathered together around it. And when God saw the smoke come up to heaven and smelled its beautiful fragrance, God said, I will never again curse the earth because of people, no matter how wicked or evil or violent they are. As long as time endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And then God said to Noah and Nema and their children and all of the animals gathered with them, I am establishing my covenant with you and all of your descendants. My covenant is with every living thing upon the earth, with all of humanity, with all of the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the creatures of the land. This is an everlasting covenant. And this is the sign of the covenant that I'm making between us forever. In the same way that an archer hangs her bow above the fireplace, I will hang my bow in the heavens. And when you see the clouds and you see rain, you will see my sign, my bow, hanging there, never again to be used against you, no matter what. This is my everlasting covenant between me and all creatures. What a story. It's an incredible story when you really think about it. Now, this is one of the great myths 
This is a story about the time before history was written. So the level to which you believe that this story literally happened as written is up to you. You can believe whatever you want here. But regardless of whether you believe that it literally happened, regardless of the framing device, this covenant that God made with the people and with the animals and with everything alive is a cornerstone of our faith. This is an everlasting covenant with Noah and Nema and all the creatures of the earth. And note that this isn't transactional. This isn't saying, you worship me, I'll protect you kind of a thing. This, that's not what's happening here. This is God telling us who God is and that God will always be with us no matter how much we mess stuff up. And I wish I could say that things have changed drastically since the time of Noah, but we are still living in a brutal and violent world. I mean, it can be hard to keep going sometimes when your eyes are open to all the ways we hurt each other, all the ways that trauma compounds over generations, that we carry pain and violence in our bodies. But God made us a promise. God said that God wouldn't punish us for messing up, that indeed God would stay with us always, helping to lead us in the right direction. That indeed God would dwell among us, and not only that, but would send us signs of God's presence and grace. Signs you can see anywhere you look. Signs like rainbows in the clouds. Signs like church basements full of people supporting each other in sobriety. Many more things. But what's remarkable about this covenant to me is not just that it's everlasting, because of course we know that God keeps God's promises. What's remarkable is that it encompasses all of creation. And sometimes I think we have this tendency to think of these stories as belonging to us as Christians, or at the very least, they belong to Jews. But at this point, Israel was not a twinkle in anyone's eye. Abraham and Sarah, our great-grandparents, were eight generations from being born. This covenant predates all churches, all nations, all manner of divisions. This covenant with our God was and is for everyone, for all creatures of the earth, sky and sea, including all of us in this room, but including much more than that. God made that covenant with us near the beginning of time, and it is an honor to be born into it, but it's an honor that we share with literally everyone else on this planet. That means that any person who comes through the doors of this church for any reason, for any length of time, whether to worship or dance or do karate, is our sibling by blood through our ancestors, Noah and Nema, and should be shown the love and tenderness we would give to our own households. Now, over these next few weeks, we're going to hear about four more covenants that God made with us, with God's people. And I think that we focus on these covenants and God's promises to us during Lent because they give us something real to hold on to while we wander through the wilderness. These stories place us within a long line of people who are doing their best. 
who are falling short and who are still granted grace upon grace. In the coming weeks, when you hear these stories, when you hear the stories of the four covenants to, to come, take note and take courage. Take them as bread for the journey that we're on, which is to reshape our lives and reorient our church so that we are truly following the will of God in the footsteps of our Savior. For this week, I wonder, what would it look like if we took seriously the reality that all creatures on this earth share the same breath of God that we do? Please pray with me. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on this earth, in our hearts, as in heaven. Amen.